I was prepping for this message, and I came across a statistic that I really wasn't sure of at first. So I'm going to give it to you. The average person speaks 11 million words a year. Now you think about that. 11 million words, eh, maybe that's not so bad. Okay, well, let me break it down for you. That's 917,000 words a month. Or 31,000 words a day. Now, I went on a missions trip with some friends to Alaska. And there was this lady with us that I don't think she stopped talking from the time we got on the plane to go till I said bye to her when we got back. If she wasn't talking to you or to one of the people, she was on the phone talking to somebody. So I got to thinking, maybe 11 million words a a year is not too bad for some people. And then I thought about another guy I know. I know this guy that if you ask him what time it is, he'll tell you how to build a clock. You probably know people like this. They just talk, 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 and you think, are you ever going to shut up? That's kind of being harsh toward them, but I know you feel just like I do. Come on, slow down with your words a little bit. 11 million words a year. By the time someone reaches the age of 65, that's 715 million words. Can you imagine how great that would be if those words were used for God? Man, we'd have a lot more Christians than we got today. Words can be used to wound, and they can be used to heal. Years after you've read a phrase in a book, or someone has said something to you or about you, you still remember that. Either it tore you down, and you've had a hard time recovering from it, or it lifted you up and turned the light on, and it's given you light ever since. Today, we're going to be looking at the things that come out of our mouths and what they do to the minds and hearts of others. Here's our proposition. The words that you use have power to change lives. The words that you use are incredibly powerful. They can build people up, encourage, and motivate them. Or they can tear them down, hurt, and cause horrible scars. Here's something that you probably remember from your childhood. Everybody's probably said it. 
Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That is a lie. Words destroy people. A bone might heal and mend and be useful again like it was never broken. But the words that people use will be in their minds forever. They never mend. They might get softened over time and understood what happened and how the circumstances was, but they'll never totally heal. Words that we use create ideas in people's minds and their effects spread either good or evil. Good words will spread good things. But the bad words that you use are like a worthless man and scar like fire. They spread quickly to others and cause problems that may never mend. I've got something really interesting for you here. Most everybody in here is a Christian. I believe most of you believe the Lord and you know that His words are what you should be using. He watches all the words you're using. But there's a verse that you've probably read many times, but it just didn't sink in. So I want to bring it up to you one more time. Matthew 12, verse 26, uh, 36. Jesus says, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they spoke. Jesus is completely clear about your words. He says, for every careless word you've used, you will give an account for on Judgment Day. Now, if that doesn't make you stop and think about what you're going to say to people, church, I don't know what will. If you believe in the Lord Jesus and what His Word says, it says that He's going to hold you accountable for even the careless words you used. Church, I got to tell you, I'm not just preaching to you this morning. I'm preaching to Vernon too. The whole time I was preparing this message, the Lord was breaking my heart. I've been on a word roller coaster for a long time, several months now. This roller coaster has been so much up and down. Our pastor even had to give me a little reproofing about my words being a wrecking ball. Wrecking ball. My words have tore you, some of you down, and I'm sorry and I apologize for it. I know you love, I, you know I love you, and I didn't mean to wreck anything. My words were meant to help, so I'm asking your forgiveness. 
I just shared another thing with our kindred group last Sunday. When I get off hunting, and I'm with my friends up there that aren't Christians, words come out of my mouth that should never come out of a Christian's mouth. We all do it. We get around non-Christians and non-believers, and we forget that we're Christians. We start acting like the world. The only way to stop that is to surround yourself with Christians. They'll hold you accountable. Now we expect Jesus to condemn profanity. We expect Jesus to condemn vile use of our words. But just those careless words, idle words without concern that impact others, you better believe he cares about them. I just quoted it. For every careless word that comes out of my mouth and your mouth, he's going to hold us accountable for it. How do we fix this? The Apostle James says to be quick to hear and slow to speak. We have to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Point one. Words can be used to lift people up. And words can be used to bring them down. We have to use our words in a godly way. In a godly manner. And don't just get, don't just get lost in the world without Christians. Proverbs 15 verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Here's three reasons for you to be calm. First, it gives you time to really hear what's been said. People that aren't calm, they just get going and they don't even hear what's been said. Two, it allows for tempers to cool down. If you're calm... Everyone's temper will kind of come off of your temper. They'll calm down. And then we have to remember that our words have great power. When you're in control of your emotions, you will be a slow to anger and able to calm disputes. A hot-spirited person is able to uh, a hot-spirited person is excitable, impatient, and insistent on having their say now. You've seen it. People are talking and arguing, and they're all talking at the same time. They're not hearing anything anybody's saying. You get excited. You're trying to get your voice over. They're not hearing you. A cool-spirited person is patient and calm. Proverbs 15, 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but a slow to anger calms disputes. We 
have to be in control of our temperament and be calm in all situations. That allows you to hear, process, and then answer. It causes those around you to do the same. Verse 2. The tongue of the wise make knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of a fool spouts folly. Wisdom is a quality preserved in the heart of the wise for a time of proper use. A wise person considers their words well and uses little talk to give an answer. They know what is fair and their words are appropriate for the situation and acceptable for the hearer. Fools can't open their mouth without exposing their foolishness. They're eager to speak without due consideration or direction. The foolish are like a, a unattended pot on a hot flame. If you've ever put a pot on a stove and turned it up and forgot about it and come back, what's happened? And stuff's just spouting everywhere, going all over everything. It doesn't care what it gets on. It's just going everywhere. Well, the foolish are just like that hot pot. They just start spouting out words and things coming out of their mouth. It gets on everybody. It hurts everybody and tears everybody down. We got to think and be calm about what we're going to say. The, fool, the words of that foolish person just blurred out all over everybody and hurt everybody. Proverbs 15.4 A soothing tongue is a tree of life. But Perversion in it crushes the spirit. Words are life-giving or death-dealing. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your words have the power to build people up and give them a great life, and they also have the power to destroy their life even crushing their spirit, leading them to death. When you use kind words when talking to some people, your words are like the fruit of a tree. They're life-giving. Life-giving. Church, good words lead people to Christ. Those good words lead to eternal life, life-giving. Your good words are those fruits. But when you use words that are uh, wicked 
and not honest and make people sad and weak, you're tearing down their emotions and they're spiritually dying. You're not helping them live at all. You're just destroying them. Need to watch our words, church. When a person's down emotionally, we need to give them words of encouragement to pick them up. But when you use words in a way that keep people down, they just crush their spirit and keep them even lower. Now back to verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. This is a reference to God's omniscience. For the eyes of the Lord move to and from the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Second Chronicles 16.9 and the writer of Hebrews refers to God's omniscience like this. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to his eyes. Church, there is nothing hidden from God. He sees everything. He even sees deep down into your soul and knows what you're thinking and what you're going to or even want to say. If you mean to calm the people down with a gentle answer, he knows that and he sees that. But if you want to spout out words that just stir up anger, he sees. He knows, and he's going to hold you accountable. Now for our application. Use the best of words to lift people up. We need to use the best words that we can get from God to keep people lifted up. If you're a child of God, then you need to be using your words to bring glory and honor to your Heavenly Father. Here's a little example for you. Does a painter say, I don't care what anybody says about my painting, I like it. No. If a painter is really going to take pride in their work, someone needs to say praises about it. Then he can take praise in his work. Then it really means something. Just like that painter, people need words to lift them up and give them a pleasing heart. They don't need people just blurting out any old words with no thought and consideration for the response. The wrong words used just tear them down, but the best words used will lift them up. 
in a similar way, God has created his masterpiece. After creating everything in the world, he says, that's good. But then when he created us, he said, that's very good. We are his best workmanship. God doesn't need our words of praise to him. But he does love to hear us when we're praising other people and lifting them up. That brings him glory and honor. If you're going to use your words at their best, you must spend some time in your day the way Jesus spent his time. For example, Matthew 14, 23 says that Jesus went away to be by himself to pray. Luke 5, 16 says that Jesus often slipped away to a private place to pray. Church, I know you're busy. You get up, you get your stuff done in the morning, you rush out of the house to go to work to do whatever it is you got to do. You're at work, things just get busy, you can't find time to stop and find a secluded place to pray. Then you get off work, you're wore out, you're tired, you come home, you don't want to sit down and pray, you want to sit and get your eyeballs bugged out on a computer or TV and just veg out. Then you got to eat dinner, you got to get a shower, get ready for bed, and you go to bed. You just can't find time in a day to pray. Check out what Jesus did. Mark 1.35 In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and found a secluded place to pray. If you must find time in a day to pray to your God to help you use your words at their best. Even if that means setting your alarm clock 15 or 20 minutes earlier. It's all it takes to ask God to help you find the right words today to pray. You're looking at me, oh, I don't get enough sleep. Go to bed earlier. Get up 15 minutes earlier. You can find time in a day like Jesus did. You're no better than him. Pray to God. Ask him to help you find words at their best. Help you be calm. Help you stabilize the situation. Don't just blurt out any old thing without asking God, what is it I'm supposed to say? Ask him. He'll tell you. When you find yourself in a situation and the best of words just don't seem to be wanting to come out in the conversation like you're having... Uh, Problems in your family, your parents are yelling and you're arguing, or your children are yelling and you're arguing. Your family members are just at each other, just cutthroat, or just somebody. Take James's advice. James 1, 19 and 20 says that everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, Slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. 
You have to be calm and be quick to hear. Hear. Calmness makes you be slow. Quick to hear takes slowness. That's kind of an oxymoron, but that's what it really is. Quick to hear means you got to take time to hear. Don't just think something went in and blab something out. Then you can be slow to speak. You thought about the answer you're going to give. You thought about what's going on. It's calmed the situation. And you can use the best of God's words to calm the dispute. After you've had time to hear and process those words, you'll be able to answer honestly. Honesty, appropriately, and suitable for the circumstance. Honesty is one of the things that you can't buy, but it's one of the best things that you can have. Honesty is the backbone of words, and you'll find joy when you're honest in your answers. Let your words be few. You only need to use the words that are necessary to answer. Spouting out any old thing that comes to your mind and lots of words talking too much shows what a fool you really are. Remember, church, words have power the power of life and death. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, one of the criminals standing, hanging next to him was spouting all kinds of abuse and stuff at him. Words of death. But the criminal on the other side was using the best of words and Admitting who Jesus really was. Words of life. Listen to what Jesus said to him. Jesus says, truly I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Are those words of life or what, church? Hallelujah. Christian, you've been born again. By the living word of God. His words are active and sharper than any two-edged sword. They pierce as far as the division between the soul and the spirit. And are able to judge your thoughts and your intentions. What you say, what comes out of your mouth, is what you are.
Your mouth speaks that which is in your heart. Pray to God. Find time, any time. Get off in a secluded private place and ask God to help you use words for their best.